Welcome to BBS Station One and Meta Mondays with me, Adina. Today, this is about you. It's our free reading day. And before, you know, anybody just thinks, oh my God, is it going to be my reading today? I just want to tell you that I know we have had a lot of people on for the last couple of months. And um, I was so engrossed in doing that that I didn't book people. I just have like two people, you know, coming in in just a like, couple of weeks. But so we have the next few weeks to do all three readings. And I think that's really good. I'll finally get caught up completely. So today what I decided to do was go in a little deeper into our free readings. Because the truth really is, is I don't do free readings to entice people to come to my site, which, by the way, is AskAdina.com, but I don't do it for that reason. I've been doing them since the day I started 18 years ago because I like giving back, and I do. It just what goes around comes around. So I really like to give free readings, not give little tiny, you know, tastes, and then if you want more, come and get it. You know, I don't like that. So we're going to do free readings today. One of the things I do want to ask again is that when you send in a free reading question, please include your name and the other person's name. That's for me that's I need that. I'm not asking you for your, for their last name. I'm not looking I'm not looking you up. I'm not doing anything like that. I don't want that information. But there how many people are out here? a lot, and all I want is a name that I can focus on. Don't send me the initials. I'll do that myself. I'll I'll say the initials. Don't give me the initials. I also want to say mediumship readings. I get a lot of those for the free readings. I love mediumship, but I can't do them on email. I used to, but I won't do them on the air via email. I'm going to explain why. A lot of people feel the medium is the person that brings that person in. No, not really. I'm the vessel. What I actually do is move away. I go in the back and I let them come in. You are the one emotionally who, who they come in for. So I want you on the phone. So the connection is really strong. And all I do is sit in the back of the bus and they come in through me and go to you. So if you want a mediumship reading, please feel free to call in at 888-627-6008. I'll say it again, 888-627-6008. Next, pregnancy. I don't want to ask, I don't want to, I'm sorry, answer pregnancy questions on air, especially not knowing you, not having read you before. That's, you know, that's a serious kind of question. If I'm in a private reading with someone and I'm doing a reading and pregnancy comes up, of course I tell people, hey, I think you're pregnant. Yeah, I do. And they usually are. But this way and this kind of 
um, on air, not knowing anything, no, I'm not going to answer something like that. I also do want to say that I still get a lot of emails with people saying, where is my soulmate? When will I meet my soulmate? What are the initials of my soulmate? Really? I mean, I'm being honest with you. That is not something that I can or that I would really sit here and try to get at your entire life one single thing. That's really not reasonable. It really isn't. If I'm in a private reading, I will go in and do that. But on air, for a one-question reading, you have to be more specific with me. I'm serious. So, okay. I also want to say that today, um, a lot of people, and this is not just me, but a lot of my clients, I am hearing the same thing, getting the same thing. Everyone has been going through some of the worst years of their life recently. And I have been, I've known that there, have, there has been, astrologically, the last few years, some major, major Pluto, Saturn, Uranus transits. And those are, Saturn is the um, planet of lessons, restrictions. Uranus is, you know, it's a fast shock. Uranus is fast and quick and it shakes everything up. Pluto is transformation. It also shakes things up, but it does it slowly. It builds. So I know that's been going on and it's been really turning things upside down. So I know that. And then I was just thinking about something and I really wanted to do more research into it, but I had when it happened, but I, of course, didn't retain it. Remember in 2012, we had the Mayan calendar, and the world was going to end, and all of that went on, and of course, it didn't end. We were just going through another transformation. And I'm going to go back to the late 80s and the early 90s, when all of these amazing books came out from really wonderful channelers like Barbara Marks Hubbard and Barbara Marchinek. And, oh, my God, there were just so many of them. And these people were not people who uh, did the circuit. They didn't go on TV. They, you didn't see them. They wrote. Like, they weren't on TV like the guys are now. They're not like that. They didn't do readings. They were not publicity people. You just never saw them, but you read them. And they all channeled the same kind of information. They were all saying that, that at that time and in the 90s and going further, this is when the universe whatever you want to call them, angels and spirit guides and God, was sending the most love and frequency of that higher energy to us because we were transforming. We, us. We were transforming because we needed to transform the planet. And this is what was happening. That we were doing it, that people being born were going to be doing it for a very specific reason. Because it was our time. It was happening. 
So um, I don't remember them talking about the main calendar, but they were talking about these times. So I was sitting here thinking, okay, so we had that going on. And then remember they were saying that during the Mayan calendar, um, some people were not going to live through to 2012 or 2013 because they were not going to be able to withstand the energy and they would just, I guess, perish. So, um, I, and I remember some people telling me, oh, they'll never make it through or they're not going to live through this. And, you know, they're not spiritual. And, of course, they lived. That's kind of silly, right? Who are we to say, oh, you're just not spiritual enough to live through this year? Um, So I think what's been happening to us is that reverberates for several years after. You can't have a kind of time period that people have known about for thousands of years as being some kind of cataclysmic point in our history and not have it really ring for us several years afterward. So what I believe has happened and is happening is along with the astrological things, which of course is going to mix in with it, we as human beings have changed literally and opened up and become kind of different. We are taking on much more sensitivity to the you know things we put in our body to our feelings, the things we think about, the things we talk about. We're noticing that the things we talk about, think about, do and say are manifesting, whereas we weren't cognizant of that. We weren't. 20 years ago, no, we didn't know. It was just starting at that point that these people were coming forward and saying it. But we didn't know. And 30 years ago, we had no idea um, that the things we said to people were really, really hurtful. I mean, we knew, but you know what I'm saying. We didn't realize the damage we did to people. We didn't. We just said it. We didn't know that people were, there were some people that were highly sensitive to a lot of things. And I think more and more of us are becoming that way. And I think when you are changing your entire, I think, DNA and, and opening up to things that we have always had but didn't use, your whole life turns completely over. I mean, I do. I think you completely break down the old, and when you break down the old, what happens? Well, everything falls apart. You don't know what to do. And what happens is you start to build from the bottom up, but it's new and it's good and it's healthy. We were going on a system of how many decades of other people's thoughts, other people's motivations, other people's point of view, it wasn't ours. We were being taught things that were not authentic. So that, I think, is a lot of what's been happening to us. 
How many people today are going for things that they really want to do? How many businesses are popping up where people are working for themselves? A lot, a lot, a lot. How many calls do I get from people who are saying, I want to leave this job and go into this? So many, so many. And so many are learning how to transition from their regular job slowly into the job they want. So many people. It's really unbelievable. I mean, we are going into a brave new world. So I wanted to bring that up for people who are struggling. And I believe that the people who really just went along and nothing happened for them, I don't believe that they are any different than we are or people who are going through a tough time. What I do believe is that, um, how do I put this? I don't believe that anybody's on a higher level spiritually. I do believe that we are all at different points, at different lives, at different points in our lives. And I think at that particular point, they're at one point spiritually in their life. We or people who are going through something are at different points in our life, in this life. So at one point, they'll go through it. That's all. That's all. Very simple. So that's what I wanted to say about that. And we're going to start our readings, and I just want to remind people that if you sent in a reading, I'm going to be going back to all the readings I got, even weeks ago, because I missed the last free reading, free reading show. So I am going to start with a question that kind of says what I just said, but it's also specific to her. So let me read her question first. It's kind of long, but I'm going to take out some of what she said. Hold on just a minute, guys. You hear my papers rustling. Okay. First she talks about our show a little bit and who she loved. She loved Carolyn. She loves Dr. David and other people. <laughs> it didn't sound right, did it? But she loves us, okay. She said that she hasn't been doing well. She thinks this is probably the worst that she's been. First, for whatever reason, her childhood and the issues around it have been triggering for me and hitting me so hard I'm stuck on it almost 24-7. Mostly I have come to realize how deeply this has affected me and who I am today and how messed up everything was or is. I'm dealing with depression, anxiety, and fears. And although I have applied to many jobs and had a couple of interviews, I'm still unemployed all this time later. Right now, I'm literally living in almost poverty. Everything I try fails. And what only further causes my self-esteem to be lower, after, after multiple attempts, I haven't even been able to pass my learner's permit. Let me just say that she's from another country. Um, a driver's license would help me to apply to more jobs as well. Everything is a disaster. I have no one to lean on or help me with anything really. I'm afraid eventually something really bad will happen to me. I'm telling you right now that won't happen. Okay. Um, I just want to have a job to be able to support and take care of myself. I would like to be able to get my driver's license 
and get and go to school and as well as unfortunately I didn't get the chance to study much. My question for the free reading is what can I do to get out of the situation and accomplish these things? She gave me her birthday and she said any advice you can give me I will be grateful for. And she just goes on to say something um, that she really doesn't have family here and that um, beside two people, she's really totally isolated and she feels hopeless. And her name is P. Okay. And so I'm going to answer P. All right. Now, I just realized, P, that I didn't talk to you about how to get out of it. And I'll tell you why. I talked to you about what led up to this. And on a further date, I will tell you how. But I think this is going to help you tremendously. I hope. Okay. So we're going to start, Pete, with one word, complete transformation. Um, I just want to tell people that P is not unknown to me. I've spoken to P you know, in readings, in private readings before. So this was, this is something that, and it's interesting that I was a little surprised too about some of the things I got. When I met you, there was a situation going on that had complete, complete control over you. It looked that way. Do you remember how you felt about that and how you felt about your world kind of hinging on that? But the truth really was that you were the warrior in that situation. You were the one who was going out there and conquering that fate. And, and I remember so clearly how at, at once you were the person who was like, I can't, I can't exist without, but I, I'm also, I'm going to do this, you know? So I want you to go back and remember what the odds were at that time with the situation, what the odds were that it would happen, okay? And remember discussions about it, about the odds, and that even if it were to happen, how it would turn out, even if it would, that things would probably be um, let me put this, that even if it were to happen, okay, that that person would probably end up being just the way they appeared to be, okay? But you were really ready for an adventure. It wasn't so much, really, that it was that particular person. It was the adventure, it was deep in your soul, although it came across to you like you couldn't survive without it happening, it was really that you wanted to feel your own power, not in a bad way, in a good way. You wanted to know what it felt like going on complete faith, no matter how tenuous it seemed to you or anybody else, no matter what anybody else thought, no, not even what you thought inside. You wanted to do it. You wanted to do it because underneath it all, you believed at heart that everything was going to work out fine. Um, you knew 
that um, that the decision with H was one that you couldn't make. Well, let me explain this. You, when, when you got there, you knew that you couldn't make that decision. One day this, one day that, and it really was a genuine struggle for you. But you were sure when you got there that at one point you would make it. You'd either be able to leave on your own terms or stay on your own terms. So before I go any further about this, I also want to point out, I'm coming to astrology again, that at that time, you were going up to your Saturn return. Saturn. Saturn return comes every 29 years, and you won't have one until you're about 60. But the one you were going through is exactly when Saturn comes around to the planet it was in when we were born. Saturn is the planet of restriction and lessons, but it also rewards us with the hard work that we've done years leading up to that. Around 30, 31, 32, um, 29, 28, you know, people start to get serious. They say, okay, no more games, time for me to settle down, think about what I want, where I'm going, career, you know, whatever, partnership. And um, so you were going through that. And that is when things really do hit childhood. You start to really look at that, like how did it shape me? So that had a, that did have a lot and does have a lot with what's been going on. It, everybody goes through that. And Saturn can be... Um, depending on your chart, it could also be a very hard lesson to take sometimes. So I want you to realize that part of it was that. And um, so, so, so much of what you were going through, I want to say, was in one way proof for you. You knew that you were chasing something that really wasn't, I want to say, good for you. It was like, it's like eating candy for a month, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know it's not really good for you. Um, you know you should be doing something else, but you wanted to do that, okay? At the exact same time, you also knew how intuitive you are, you knew how powerful you were, and your feelings underneath told you, you know what, I got this one. There's no getting over on me, buddy. I got your number. I'm not going to get surprised in this. If anybody's going to get surprised, it's going to be you. Um, it's not going to be me. And sometimes when we think that way, that's what gets us in trouble because we're going against our better judgment. And it's not like we're being punished because of that. It's just that we have those instincts for a good reason. And when we go against them, we find out why we have them because we weren't supposed to go against them. Really, that's why we get them. I also believe that for you, it was very important for you to be able to survive in that suspended state. While it may have appeared that you were really fearless in moving across you know, the country without a job or knowing anyone other than H, you really weren't. You were still convinced 
that this was like a slam dunk. This was like a piece of cake for you. And what you've learned is that you're already where this is going to be, you have to understand, I know you can't believe this, but you're already where you are good. You can take genuine risks. You're, you survive. You have to understand this. The most important thing that you've gotten from this is that no one's opinion of you matters at all, only yours. I don't believe you knew that. I don't. Especially from what you're saying about childhood and what you've been through. And especially, I want you to think of something about with H and the situation going on and what you felt you had to do about that. Do you remember? Because I do. Okay. You have realized, I think, internally, that anyone who disapproves of you doesn't matter. In the end, only you are going to be able to do anything for you. He's not going to save you. They're not going to save you. You're going to save you. And obviously, you can. Look what you did. You know that. Only you are going to make a life. Okay, and a low opinion of yourself or a poor opinion of yourself is only going to create a poor life for you. That's it. And the only thing it's going to do is attract people who feel poor about themselves. That's what you've learned. You're also realizing that a home, a real one, comes from a realistic sense of who you are. It's not going to come to someone who's dreaming of a life that in reality really isn't there. And I think that's what you did. Remember going back. You were dreaming of a person that was not that person. There was a lot of manipulation going on on both parts. You know that. So you were not starting out on realistic footing. You know, you were... You saw it. You really did know what was going on, but you were convinced that you were going to get rid of it. You did. What, you, um, what you've been doing is now is accepting that you're not in that kind of control. You had to create this to realize that you are not in the kind of control of anything or anyone else other than yourself, and you had to put yourself in that position to realize that. You don't play with fire, and you are intuitive, and you should be listening to what you know instead of going against what you really do know. You knew very well who he was, okay? And this is you learning that you have to trust yourself, forgiving the past, forgiving yourself most of for, like, the most of the last, I think, six or seven years, and, and really forgive yourself for feeling that it was your fault for going after it and your fault for other things, okay? You are one of the most, I think, intuitive people I know, very deep, and you're also here as part of what I feel um, I'm, I, I keep hearing everybody 
rise up for. You're one of those people that are here to make change in in a very deep way, okay? And um, that's part of why you went through this. It's giving you another viewpoint to help people with. And um, once I think you give yourself a little slack, okay, just like you give anybody else if you heard this story from, you're going to move so quickly you can't imagine it. You're going to move. All you have to do is say, okay, I can see why I created a situation where I had zero control because I thought I had this in the bag. You'll understand if you just think. And you can, please, you know you can write me anytime, and and we'll go over some other things. I really love you, and I hope this helps. All right, guys, I need to take a two-minute break, and I will be right back with my next three, four readings. Be right back, BBS Station One. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Meta Mondays, BBS Station One, where we do radio right. So the next one I have is a referral from Jeannie, referred Jay to me. And, um, oh, no, wait, I'm so, so sorry. This was somebody else. I wanted to get to that reading, but I wasn't able to. Hold on just one moment. That's coming next week. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, This one is from S.H. S.H. said, I am in a difficult marriage. I would like to know what my husband is thinking. He hurts me a lot and won't communicate with me. He keeps me in the dark. I don't know what to do. I'm depressed, angry, and sometimes desperate. Thank you for anything you can do for me. His name is D. Okay. Um, Sometimes most, well, a lot of the times I edit on air. But this time I decided that no one knows anyone's real names. So, um, I mean, even me, you could be telling me it's not, it's a name, but it's not. But keep sending me the real one because it's the only thing that really will connect me to your energy. Um, so what I found, um, hold on just a minute. I'm just, hold on. Let me see something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, so when I'm looking at this, I think I'm seeing a lot of different things that point to something very specific. You mentioned that you have a difficult marriage, and I can see that he can be very stubborn. And when he decides on something, like that, when he decides something is a certain way, I think that's it. You can't get through to him. He can also appear to want or to do things in a hurry, or as if he 
he makes these great changes in his life, and then at the last minute, he figures out, wait, what have I been doing the last however many months he's doing them? How did I get here? And then somehow it all comes out. And I'm not sure in what way it comes out. Like to him, or it obviously comes out to you because you're feeling it. But I'm not sure whether he just figures it out or he just tells you at that point. What I'm seeing right now is that for the time being, he's put aside his normal routine and his personality and who he was in order to go after something he believes that is going to take him out of what, whatever, I don't know, pattern he's been normally like living with. I'm not clear about that. And I, and I do want to say that I, I don't want to go too deeply into that. I really don't. Not here, okay? What led him to look for this outlet was his own dissatisfaction with the level of hmm, his with the level of openness and the intimacy that he would allow in his day-to-day life. So basically what I'm saying to you, S, is that this is his issue, not yours, okay? So instead of facing that, he looked for something else that would distract him, okay? It's, um, it's much easier to turn away to other things that are that are going to take his mind off and, and kind of like pump up his ego and that are comfortable um, because he's used to doing things that way. What happens for him is that he starts to feel like he's, you know, wearing rose-colored glasses and, you know, everything is great. In fact, it's wonderful. Um, there are a lot of people around him, too, Um I get, I get men, I get women, I get a lot of people, and I think they're influencing him. I don't know how, I don't know where, but that's, you know, a red flag. It really is. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure that you know about what goes on in his life. He is, though, torn between you and this kind of fantasy that he's got going on there. Um he feels as if he's almost entitled to do whatever he's doing. Um, there is, and I, and I got this with a couple of readings I had to, you know, I'm reading today, that he had, like, an influence, like he has a right to be doing what he's doing. The funny thing is, is that it's ironic because right now he's the least in control of what's going on, but he thinks he has it. Um, deep down, I think that you are afraid of of abandonment, losing someone. I think you don't like confrontation. I think that you know that this person loves you. Um, but I also feel that D is absolutely 
going to get out of where he is and get straight kind of again. I know you're heartbroken. I know that you have thought about what you did to contribute to his attitude. And, of course, it's a two-way street, but I think you really need to let that go and start over. I know this is hard. I know. I know that what happens is we get obsessive about how to deal with it, cope, you know, cope with it, react with it. But the truth is, um, what's going to happen is going to happen anyway. And you have to understand, above all, that not only is this not a rejection of you, but anyone who's going to treat you really that badly because um, because they are doing what they need to do about themselves is really not happy with themselves. If you're doing what you think is working for you, why would there be a need to be horrible to you, right? So obviously, they're not that happy, okay? Um, When we feel good, we treat other people well. Um, You have your own path too. So realize this. Number one, it could be D is not good for you. And if D is good for you, it will work. Don't ever assume that this situation ends with you being unhappy. I don't see that. At the end of this equation, you end up very happy. So I think I know what the ending is. I think you get what you want. So, good luck, S. Really, I don't think it's going to be bad at all. Okay, guys, my next one is, okay, I'm trying to um, see where to go. We have a limited time left. So, okay, I'm going to see here. Jay writes, Hi, Adina. I'm wondering what M thinks about me. And she says, I know, and she she kind of wrote in broken English, I know he does not miss me or like me. I hope you will answer. Okay. Hi, Jay. Thank you for writing in. Um, oh, I see what it is. Okay. So I did say this before. Please don't give me the initial of somebody's name. I'll do the initial thing. Okay. So the first thing I want to say, Jay, is that you're already kind of like starting out with a minus because you're saying, you know he doesn't miss you and you know he doesn't think about you. So if you're really feeling that way, I want to know why would you ask what he's thinking? Obviously, you're hoping that he does. So if you're hoping that he does, what you need to do is put out a little bit more positive thoughts and feelings. Because even though it looks like every single person on earth, their feelings and thoughts are completely and 100% private, that's really not true. That's really far from the truth. Let's look at this, okay? Have you ever had a friend and all of a sudden they haven't even... They haven't even said a word or done anything differently. But the last few times you've seen them or spoken to them, 
you've had this like really uneasy feeling like when you're near them and you don't know why and you ask them like okay is there something wrong between us like I can feel this and they're like no no what makes you think that I'm not the same what are you talking about and like no matter what they say it's not you I'm fine I don't know why you're saying that and um and just something about it um doesn't feel right you know and you finally find out like three weeks later you're on the phone with them or you're with them and they're like yeah but what happened when blah 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 and you're like "Mm mm-hmm I thought so and like a job you know you're thinking your supervisor is not really expressive to you and you know why but like they're very expressive to other people and they're like, oh, I think your work is very good. No, 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 you're just fine. And, you know, all of a sudden they hit you with a laundry list of everything you haven't done when it's time for a race, you know. So these things are genuine and real. Um, We know underneath. They feel us. We feel them. We sense what people really feel about us. M, believe it or not, can feel your insecurity. It's true. Um, So you have to trust your gut feeling. But one of the ways not to is by automatically saying they don't like us. Because that's not really our gut feeling. That's really our ego. And when I say ego, I don't mean it in the sense of high ego. I mean in fearful ego, insecure ego, Um, you have to go through your soul, and I would love to teach you how to do that, but I'm going to do this reading. Um, And this is really difficult to say because, I I just don't like saying this, but people lie. (laughs) You know, it's really true because they don't want to get into whatever it is that hurts them. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to confront it. They, they'd rather nurse their hurt, tell somebody else how bad you are for hurting them, um, whatever it is. You know, I don't think they necessarily want to hurt, you know, us or lie to us. But until they come to the decision that they're done or they just have to get it out, they will lie to us. They'll say nothing's wrong. No, 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 no. So, um, so... I know that, you know, it's, you do know exactly what's going on. So, I'm not saying M feels the way that you think M does. I'm simply saying never go against what you feel. So, now, here we go with M. Okay. Okay, here we go. So, in looking at M... I think he has a lot going on. A lot of this has to do with material things, or maybe, I think, his lack of material things. Uh-huh, yeah. So for a while, he was just trying to keep a balancing act. But it was kind of, to me, like he was knew he was going to fail at some point, and he was just not going to let this to, to continue... And there was someone else who was going to definitely, who knew about this and was going to 
not let him get away with it. So he also, by the way, can be very charming. And in, and in the middle of all of this, he quickly learned that charm wasn't going to get him over. Um, he was upset and worried while, um, while you and this other thing were going on. He already had enough responsibilities that he had. And he felt that you and he had or has a very nice, easy relationship and very harmonic. I do believe there must be some kind of distance between you and where he lives, I think. And he might have had to travel back and forth. If that's not the case, then there is definitely that balancing act. Um, and I don't believe it's a great distance. I, I think that um, I think it's just a distance. I know that at one point he closed up and didn't feel safe or okay telling you everything. And that is just part of this guy's personality. Um, he wants to make some kind of attempt in his life to start over. Um, but he, he, he really is being prevented by someone who has the right and the means turn his life inside out. He knows that. And isn't, what? Yeah. He isn't someone that will actually stick by what he says. No. He has bursts of passion and then energy. And then they fade when he's faced with the reality that he really is going to get burned by this. At first, he feels free. He feels unencumbered. But eventually, he really does have to face the music and deal with the, like the reality of what he knows. And, uh-huh, no, okay. Okay, and then he really does go back to what he felt safe with all along, and because you know why, he really does hate feeling when he's not balanced because, um, he, because it feels dangerous for him. He... He needs that safety net. He really does. He did. He does feel romantically for you. And, um, what? Yeah. Part of what Em is going through, again, this is just today, um, has a lot to do with family issues. And I believe that means his parents. Um, it's about his parents. It goes all the way, all the way back. Um, I think he is aware of it, but I don't think he deals with it, and he does really feel absolutely romantic for you, but he also needs the safety of whatever else he's living with. Um, I think that you really need to believe that you deserve love, and you do, and I don't know that I don't think Jill ends up together with this person, but I actually did again look and see you will end up being very happy with someone else. I do. So he does care for you very much. Okay. Um, now I want to, oh yeah, this one was a doozy, but I, I'm going to, oh boy. Okay. There was one question here that didn't appear to be something heavy, and boy, was it. But I'm going to see about this. Okay. J.M. writes me, um, my ex-partner, any worries about our child? 
and is she happy? Okay. Again, JM didn't give me um, any name, but okay, so I can do it, but I don't like it, okay? All right. So, hi, Jay. Um, I am going to give you an answer that might sound oblique to you. Um, it's really because I, um, the answer I received has a very different kind of quality to you, um, to, to it for me. If you and I were on the phone, I would know immediately. But since you aren't, and especially since you didn't give me your partner's name, I really can't be sure that what I'm getting is 100% accurate. But I'm going on what I get. I believe that this person is very loving, very warm, and actually a very nurturing mother. For as long as she was in that situation, she does worry, but it's not the way you think. She knows your child uh, really couldn't be in better hands than she is now. I feel that it's a girl. I also feel she really did try as hard as she could to remain where she was doing the best that she could do, but she just didn't have the strength and the courage to start over. She is most guilty about having hurt you. That is what she actually worries about the most. I get a name like Jen. Um, and before I got Jen, I got a name that was like a B, like a Beth or a, hold on, Beth? I'm not clear. Yeah, okay. Now, I'm not clear on the B, all right, but it's a, I thought Beth. Um, I know in some way or another she was unable to shake something that had a lot of control over who she was. I also think there was a lot of disapproval from, I mean, to her, from people in authority. I think um, there was a time that she managed to feel she had finally accomplished what she had always wanted, and she had never had, she was known for not making great choices before, but, hold on, I know. But this was such a good one, like this, this, her child. And um, she felt that all the old issues were just below the surface, and no matter how much gratitude she felt she had, she was never really going to get past her past. Sometimes um, what we consider to be the right thing to do at times in our life is literally not the, the right thing for the rest of our lives, but we do it for the right reasons. We do it because we don't want to hurt people. We do it because we want to spare people that we love from who we think we are um, or will never be. As for happy, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I see her feeling gratitude for love for you and her child at the heart of everything that she feels, mentally, physically, emotionally. I think she gave up, and she made a decision to act on the feeling that she loved her family. But she had to be realistic about who she feels she was and she wanted to take control of her life one more time. And if you're listening, I want you to write me. Okay. All right. I'm a little, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, guys, um, I don't know if I have five minutes 
to do a quick reading. Um, I do want to say that I am reading for the next few weeks, and I intend to get to every single one. And this one was a kind of long one, so I don't know that I will. I do want everyone to please think about the things I've said today, that it's not just you that's kind of falling apart if you are in this. We all are. And I believe it's the people that are opening up to that new sensitivity. The reason I think you're opening up to it is because you're not here to, and believe me, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm really not. You're, we're, every single person is part of this puzzle. We're all here for the same reason. But I think some people are here to um, directly deal with compassion and our intuition and helping people bring that out in themselves. And that's why we are becoming more sensitive, and that's why the old system breaks down for us, because that's not who we are, that's not what we're meant to do, and there is a place for you that's highly unique. I also absolutely um, give readings in all of that. I do um, medical intuitive readings, angel readings, psychic readings. So please contact me at askadina.com and from all of us at bbsradio.com, station one and station two, we love you, and give us a call. Oh, and if you want that mediumship reading, please call me live, please. I love them. They're the most beautiful readings. You can't even imagine the love that comes through. They are the least scary readings you can possibly think of. 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008, and I'll do them live, and please send in dreams that you have for when Dr. David comes back next month. Okay, everybody, I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. <laughs> 